Well, just like that, Big 12 football, for the regular season at least, is in the books. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. There were two games yesterday, but frankly, the more interesting news came away from the field. We'll get to the games. we got Tom Herman. He is coming back to Texas for 2021. Chris Del Conte, the AD for the Longhorns, confirming that yesterday. And um, as we get this going, if you're on the podcast, uh, just a reminder, leave us a rating, review, subscribe to it. We've got Heartland College Sports Koozies that we are sending out every single week to those of you who leave ratings and reviews on the podcast. So please do do that. Um, If you're on Periscope, if you're on Facebook Live, if you're on YouTube, be sure to find our podcast. There are podcasts we put out during the week that don't make it to Facebook Live, Periscope, or YouTube. So go find us, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Let's start off with the games, and then we'll get into Tom Herman coming back to Texas, what that means. Because the games weren't very good. I mean, let's be honest. Oklahoma State blew out Baylor 42-3. We'll start there. Uh, This was a game that probably should not have been played. I mean, Baylor had the COVID issues all week. We were not sure if this game was going to get played. Already, Texas and Kansas was canceled due to COVID. Oklahoma, West Virginia was canceled due to COVID. And then you had this Oklahoma State-Baylor game, which was on the fritz, but they end up playing it. And the story of this game is um, what Oklahoma State's got at running back in Dominic Richardson, true freshman, 23 carries, 169 yards, and three scores. And that was the most rushing yards by a true freshman at Oklahoma State since Thurman Thomas had 200-plus in 1984, I believe it was. So there's your tidbit of the day. I mean, that's a heck of a number. And uh, Richardson looked good. I mean, I know Baylor was was hard-pressed for bodies, but still, Richardson looked good. Combine him with what Desmond Jackson did, the JUCO transfer, the last couple of weeks. He was quiet yesterday. But Oklahoma State's going to be fine at running back. And you know... You know they've always got a guy waiting in the wings at uh, at wide receiver. Although, I'll tell you what, Dylan Stoner, how about the day that he had yesterday, huh? I mean, eight catches for 247 yards? I mean, that's, that's unbelievable stuff. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's stuff you don't hear of. Eight catches, 247, three touchdowns. And the question is in the offseason here for the Oklahoma State Cowboys – What is Spencer Sanders? Is he your quarterback? All right. He was 20 of 30 yesterday, 347, three touchdowns, two picks. Here's the thing. Like, he threw some pretty darn good jump balls in that game. And you know that that's like the Mike Gundy offense. Mason Rudolph, Brandon Whedon, get it the ball outside to your top receiver, give him a chance, jump balls. That's what they do well. That's what the offense is. But then he had some interceptions, especially that first one, where you're like, is, is this guy a, a power five quarterback or a group of five quarterback? I mean, that's the, those are some of the questions you ask yourself. I think Spencer Sanders can be that guy, but I can't say I sit here and am confident of it. Like, I, I really, uh, Shane Ellingworth might be the better guy for that system. I know the offensive line was beat up all year, but I still have real concerns as to what exactly Oklahoma State's going to do at that position if it wants to win a Big 12 championship. And obviously, that should be the goal at Oklahoma State. Some fans who are still calling for Gundy are nuts. They're completely out of their mind if you think that. You know, here's here's the example, and I talked a little bit about this on the podcast uh, during the week. But the people that want Oklahoma State to change head coaches, right? 
Here's the example they use. The example they use is Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Well, Dabo Sweeney came into Clemson, and he's made them a national title contender. You know, this was not a place where people went to win national titles. Dabo Sweeney made it that. Okay, and how many programs have done what Clemson did with Dabo Sweeney? I mean, Bueller, anybody, you can count them on one hand. And the last generation is basically Clemson. That's it. I mean, who outside the Blue Bloods has consistently made themselves a national championship contender year in, year out, that is not Clemson? The answer is nobody, right? That, that's the answer. It, it's, it's the reality of college football. So if you're an Oklahoma State fan and you want Mike Gundy out, I, I get it. You're emotional this year. They should have been competing for a Big 12 title in Arlington. They aren't. Six and three is not as good, not as good as, you know, what it should be what this season should have been. Um, but you can't find me that example. Oregon, someone says, uh, OSU Maverick says on Periscope. Uh, are they really national title contenders on a year-in, year-out basis? Not really. I mean, they built themselves up with Phil Knight's money at Nike, kind of like Oklahoma State did with T. Boone Pickens' money. But Oregon's, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a top-10 team, but I'm trying to think. Have they been in the playoff yet? I think they might have been in the playoff once. But, they, you know, and of course they competed for a bit, for a national championship almost 10 years ago now. What was that, against Auburn and Cam Newton, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's basically a decade ago is what that is. That's a decade ago at this point. So, I mean, in Oklahoma State, in if the playoff was taking place 10 years ago, Oklahoma State would have been in a college football playoff, right? And frankly, I think that Brandon Whedon team, that lost to Iowa State on the road on that Friday night, that was a team that could have won a national title. They obviously blew that game in a pre-playoff era. Obviously, things were different. But, I mean, if you're Oklahoma State and you can legitimately compete for a national championship once every, if you hit lightning in a bottle, uh, once every eight to ten years, and then you compete near the top of the Big 12 every single year, that's not a bad place to be. And, and I'm just not seeing who that coach is. And then here's the pushback on that. Well, you must be afraid. You're afraid of going above the ceiling. I'm not afraid of anything. I just think, you know, people got to appreciate sometimes what they got. And I believe that is Mike Gundy. Uh, on the Facebook Live, Stephen writes, really disappointing uh, way to end the season as a Baylor fan. Will the quarterback and the offense be the same next year? It can't, right? Good question, Stephen. Good question. Um Jacob Zeno, I think, gives this team a little more oomph at the quarterback position. I assume he's going to be the guy. I, I, he should be the guy, in my opinion, based on what I've seen from the backups. Uh, and, you know, I think back to that Big 12 title game last year when Zeno came in as the third stringer and and basically brought that team back, which was really impressive. So uh, it's a tough way to end the season, but it was a COVID week, a COVID year. I'm not off the Dave Aranda bandwagon just yet. I, I still buy in and believe in what Dave Aranda can do. He walked into a very difficult spot, lost a ton of key guys, ton of key guys off of that team last year. You're turning over from Matt Rule. It's a, you're a first-time head coach. That's a difficult spot. I, I agree the offense was a, as a disaster for the most of the season, but they also didn't have much of an offensive line. So uh, let's see what the offseason brings. I think Baylor's going to get better. But this is a tough conference, you know? It's a really tough conference right now. Not, there's no easy wins outside of Kansas. Just not. 
So I, I get why you're feeling that way as a Baylor fan, but you know, it's, it's going to be a good off season. Just kind of hang tight for that. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. We'll get to Iowa state and Oklahoma here in a second. Let's just touch quickly on TCU, Louisiana tech TCU wins 52 to 10. What do you take out of this game? Well, you know, if, if you're a TCU fan, I hate to say it cause you've been saying this now for three years, but next year, next year's the year. Why do I say that? I mean, look at the guys making plays yesterday. Zach Evans, true freshman, seven carries, a buck 30, two scores on the ground. I mean, he's going to be a stud, five-star uh, prospect at running back. He's going to be the real deal. Uh, who else had a big game yesterday for the TCU Horn Frogs? Oh, Kendra Miller, running back. He had a big game yesterday. Five carries, a buck 36, two scores, also a freshman. At wide receiver, five catches, 133 yards for Quinton Johnston. Uh, this guy is also a freshman, 6'4", 193. He was a four-star recruit who picked TCU over the Texas Longhorns. TCU is going to be good next year. And I know I've said that probably the past two seasons, uh, but this is the third straight year of mediocrity for Gary Patterson. That's got to get snapped here at some point. And next year is the year where you say to yourself, Duggan's an upperclassman at quarterback. Evans, Miller at running back are getting better. They're freshmen. You got a guy like Quentin Johnson, who's your number one wide receiver, or at least has a shot to be your number one wide receiver, who was uh, you know, awesome yesterday. TCU and the defense is always real good. So next year's the year where, you know, Gary Patterson's never had three straight mediocre years at TCU. That's what he has right now. That streak can very well get snapped next season. Uh, they are going to be a tough, tough team to deal with next year down in Fort Worth. So don't overlook the Horned Frogs. Uh, they're going to be, I believe, a top three to four team in the conference in 2021 based on what they got coming back. And that's why Gary Patterson wanted to play this game against Louisiana Tech. Yeah, it's kind of meaningless, but there's nothing like game reps for young players. And that's what uh, that's what TCU got yesterday. So I'll give them credit for that. And, you know, we'll see if they play in a bowl game. I, I imagine that they will. I do imagine that they will. Now let's get to what else happened yesterday. If you're in Iowa State and you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to be very happy about what happened yesterday. Because yesterday you saw uh, Florida lose to LSU on that late field goal. And you saw Miami lose to UNC. Two top 10 teams go down. What does that mean for Oklahoma and Iowa State? Iowa State should be up to number six in the college football playoff rankings this week from seven. And OU's probably going to be up to number nine because they should be ahead of Florida, who lost to a bad LSU team who was three and five. And they also should be ahead of uh, Florida, of um, uh, UNC, or excuse me, Miami, who lost to UNC and Miami was number 10 last week. So now OU should be at nine, Iowa State should be at six. The door is open for a college football playoff appearance for the Big 12 in which they are trying to become the first two-loss team to make a college football playoff. It's never been done before. It theoretically can happen. There needs to be some help, but here's, what, here's what's got to happen. Here's what's got to take place. All right, first off, Alabama's got to destroy Florida in the SEC title game. No ifs, ands, or buts. Then you've got Notre Dame-Clemson playing. This is weird. I mean, I wrote about this at heartlandcollegesports.com. You can read it there right now uh, or when we're done here on the show. But I don't buy this idea. I don't buy this idea that uh, Notre Dame and Clemson are both locks. At least they shouldn't be. 
Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier in the season. Best case scenario for the Big 12 is that Notre Dame steamrolls Clemson. I get it. That's probably not going to happen. Clemson's a favorite, as they should be. But if Clemson wins this game, can you genuinely say, and if they blow out Notre Dame, can you genuinely put Notre Dame into the college football playoff? I mean, can you do that? I, I don't think you should be able to. I don't think it should be a done deal if Notre Dame blow gets blown out by Clemson. I mean, what is what what is Notre Dame's uh, uh, resume going to look like? How is it going to be better than any Big Twelve team? I don't I don't believe that it is. If you look at ESPN's FPI rankings, Notre Dame is tenth in FPI rankings, which kind of combines strength of schedule, who you played, how good you are. It's it's kind of a complex deal. But by comparison, Oklahoma is fifth, and Iowa State, I believe, is eleventh or twelfth. So that's the one thing I'm looking at, and I'm saying, okay, Notre Dame has two top 25 wins. That's the same right now as Oklahoma-Iowa State. The winner of Oklahoma-Iowa State will have three top 25 wins. They'll cap off the season with a top 10 win, whereas Notre Dame, if they get blown out by Clemson, they'll have two top 25 wins and no conference championship, which we were told as the whole college football playoff got rolled out that the conference championship game matters, right? That's why the Big 12 brought it back. That's why the Big 12 said, we got to have one of these. It's an extra data point. That's what they told us for all those years, the extra data point, right? Well, here we are. And I mean, do we have a situation where you feel good about the Big 12 and the extra data point that they swear by? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sitting here overly confident, but I just hear all this talk about how Notre Dame and Clemson are both in no matter what. And I don't frankly understand it. I don't. And I hope that conversation starts to pick up this week. Then you've got Ohio State. If Ohio State loses to Northwestern, which is unlikely, but if they do, then the Big 12's got a real shot. Real shot. Tom on Facebook Live, is Iowa State really going to be considered eligible for the playoff? I agree, Tom. It's BS. It's complete BS that a team that has played five games this year and is probably going to play six and win six and go six and zero. Oh, is going to be the darling of the college football playoff committee. But we saw that happen the first year of the playoff. Just ask TCU and Baylor fans how they feel about that nonsense. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. But yeah, Ohio State's going to be in if they beat Northwestern. And uh, it's a joke. The Big Ten changed its rules this past week so that Iowa State or Ohio State could play in the playoff. And, um, you know, it's all about money. But yeah, Ohio State's going to be in if they win this weekend. If Northwestern wins, that's a different story. Then you've got a real conversation. And the last team that matters here is Texas A&M. And I mean, insert my laugh track for me here. But Texas A&M, who obviously is not playing for a a college football or an SEC title out of the SEC West because Alabama's in there, they somehow think that they should be worthy Texas A&M thinks that they should be worthy. And I I do not get that for the life of me. Texas A&M has one top 25 win. Florida. Sorry, I mean, they should be done. I mean, it should not be a conversation. If a Big 12 team like Oklahoma or Iowa State, the winner of this game is going to have three top 25 wins and a conference championship. How could you put, even if they had, even if they'll have two losses, how could you put, a non-conference champion Texas A&M team with one top 25 win in a college football playoff over a Big 12 team with three top 25 wins 
and a conference title, which is supposed to be that 13th data point that we heard so much about for the past eight years. I mean, that would be utterly comical if they did that. It would be a joke. The College Football Playoff Committee already is a joke for the most part, uh, if we're being fair. It makes up the rules every year. But that would just be embarrassing, completely embarrassing, if they actually did that. So there's a path here. There's a real path here for the Big 12. But it's also contingent on a couple of things happening and the committee getting its uh, Big 10 and SEC bias out of its ass. And I'm not convinced that that is possible. But if it is then there's a good chance here for the Big 12. Now, a better chance for Iowa State. If Iowa State, if Iowa State, I don't want to say dominates OU, but if they get a solid win over Oklahoma, like, you know, 7 to uh, 14 points, whatever. Let's say they get a 10-point win over Oklahoma. And right now, Iowa State's a 5-point underdog. I mean, this Cyclones team is, is playing some of the best football in America right now, bar none. Uh, I mean, it is so impressive what Matt Campbell's team is doing. And if they get a convincing win over OU, and then, you know, something happens, there's a blowout either way in the ACC title game, boy, it's a hell of a case for the Cyclones. Hell of a case. Question is, how much does the committee really care about the logo on the helmet? And my concern is, is too much. My concern is too much. Uh, Bart on Facebook Live, Pete, lifelong Sooners fan here. But if Iowa State beats Oklahoma next week, it is better for the Big 12. Then I say, let's roll with it. Bart, I respect your passion for the Big 12. You know I'm a Big 12 guy before I'm a fan of any team. But I have a feeling there are not many Oklahoma fans who are going to be on the same page as you. Saying that if Iowa State beating OU is better for the Big 12. I'm okay with Oklahoma not winning a sixth straight Big 12 title. That's bold of you, Bart, but I have a feeling that there's not many Oklahoma fans who are going to agree with you there, my man, but I appreciate you bringing that up. So uh, we're on Facebook Live right now. We're on Periscope. We'll be on YouTube in the podcast as well. Uh, Pete on Facebook Live. So, yes, uh, LSU Florida, does this mean Iowa State moves up in the next poll? Yes. Iowa State will be sixth probably in the polls this week, which is uh, it's a big deal. Very, very big deal, and I'm happy for them because they got a shot here depending on what happens next week. All right, Tom Herman's coming back. Tom Herman is coming back to the Texas Longhorns. If you didn't see that yesterday, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director, basically saying Tom's our guy. He's coming back. Uh, how much of this is because Urban Meyer doesn't want the job? I don't know, 50%. But either way, this is the right move. It's the right move for Texas. One thing that Texas and the boosters have a problem with is putting guys in a short leash. Now, Charlie Strong, I mean, that guy was going 6 and 6 every year. He was not recruiting great. I get the short leash there. Tom Herman has three top 10 classes. He's a couple of plays away from playing in a Big 12 title in a COVID year where he changed out both coordinators. I understand he's not a fan favorite. The high school coaches around the state don't love him. Hell, I'm not a big Tom Herman fan, personally, to be honest. I'm not. I've made that very clear on this show. But they're doing the right thing, bringing them back and not pulling the plug and going after a James Franklin or, uh, you know, whoever, you know, I don't know where you go. I mean, look at what James Franklin's done at Penn State this year. I, you know, I, there's no slam dunk guy outside of Urban Meyer who was out there. So stay the course. Trust Herman. He's recruited well. And if he can just start blowing out teams he's supposed to blow out, i.e. Kansas State last week, uh, 
he'll be okay. I really think that he he had earned at least another season based on the body of work. And I know that, you know, Texas fans are going to say, hey, we're here to compete for college football playoffs, national championships, and at least be in the Big 12 title every year. That is a reasonable expectation based on what this program uh, spends, the revenues, the passion, all of that. Location, I get it. But you also got to look at where it was under Charlie Strong, and it was not in a good place. Herman has definitely taken it a step ahead from where it was under Charlie Strong. He's competed for a Big 12 championship. He has won a Sugar Bowl. And in a weird COVID year, they were still a couple of plays away and a couple of bad coaching decisions away from playing for a Big 12 championship. Yes, this year was a letdown. You had a senior quarterback in Sam Ellinger coming back as the most experienced and arguably best quarterback in the conference, and you can't play for a Big 12 championship. That is a letdown. That is a disappointment. But blowing this guy out right now, I don't believe it accomplishes you what this program wants to accomplish unless you had Urban Meyer waiting in the wings. So uh, Chris Del Conte making that move yesterday, and frankly, I think that was the uh, right move for the Texas Longhorns moving forward, and it makes the most amount of sense. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the show. Heartland College Sports, uh, HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Let's see. What do we got here? Mike on Periscope. Let's hear your pick for Iowa State OU. No, 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 no. Not yet, my man. Not yet. I will put that out on the podcast on Wednesday. So that'll be just on the podcast on Wednesday. All right. And I'll write about it on the website as well. We'll do our picks on the website. Expect those. uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Expect those on Wednesday. Be sure to check them out there. By the way, speaking of the podcast, leave us a rating and a review. We've got free Heartland College Sports koozies when you leave that rating and review and send me a screenshot of it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's how you get yourself a free koozie. We send them out every single week. Thank you guys for doing that. That helps this show grow every single day because of you. And let me throw this out there as well. If you're not a member of our message boards on the website, get on there, sign up. We give away 20 bucks every week to the best poster of the week, the most engaging poster on the message boards. It's free. It's a completely free thing. Heartlandcollegesports.com. Click on the members forum tab up top and just uh, sign up. And, you know, it's a way to interact with us during the week, all week long. So it's a fun thing that we do. We want to build our Big 12 community up on the message boards. So just go there uh, to the website, click on the members forum tab at the top and join us for conversations throughout the week. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us this week. As always, uh, appreciate what you do. And we are on Facebook Live. We are on Periscope. We're on YouTube as well. And of course, on the podcast page. Enjoy the uh, Sunday NFL. And we'll talk to you during the week as we preview Oklahoma, Iowa State, and the Big 12 Championship. Cannot wait for Saturday. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.